So I'm a free market kind of guy. I think that the private sector can do a ton of things that are great for basically all populations. And when government gets in the way, you start to see these other problems. And I think what you're talking about having like some sort of cap on, on rent to me, government needs to get out of the way and allow for low cost building, allow, allow free, the free market, the companies that are builders, the, the folks that are building, let's just say tiny homes, let's get the government out of the way and allow those tiny homes to be built and placed in areas where it doesn't cost so much to actually produce that thing. Right. There, there's, there's a, a program in Seattle and I, I don't remember the name of it. Something about the block project or something like that. I can't remember, but it's, it's a father and daughter. They're two architects and they're, basically trying to create these tiny homes that are self-sustaining and the idea they built this sort of network and and networking structure with other people they've got an app to people who want to participate in the program and their goal is build this self-sustaining home which is only i want to say it's like 200 square feet it's it's small but it has a composting toilet it's got a rain collection system solar panels it's got basic you know shower Mm -hmm. space you know that and and they want to be able to put these in people's backyards who are willing to have them in their backyard and there's a vetting process that go that they go through so that the homeless person is a certain you know they're not going to be a threat you know there's there's some things that they have to go through in order to qualify for this but the idea is to get these this affordable housing in place so that people who are struggling uh, we'll have a place to go. And the idea is government often gets in the way of these type of things because there's certain building codes. Things have to be a certain way. I agree they with ha- all they, of that. You know, and they have to have a certain amount of uh, distance between structures. They have to be on certain foundations. There, I mean, there's a certain number of people who are allowed to dwell in a certain size house. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different regulations, and I don't know enough about to say which ones should come and go. But... I think government often creates hurdles in the ability to create affordable housing for po- for folks who can't afford a thousand dollar a month rent. And you had mentioned, you know, there are homeless people who are still doing a job; they just can't afford it. Right. Well, think about the folks who lose their job, who now don't have a place to live. It's hard to get a job if you are smelly, if you're dirty. That's right. It's also hard to get a job if you don't have an address. So yep. it creates some Big real time. problems yeah. to even get your foot back in the door. So the idea that, you know, we should get some of these these government, you know, restrictions kind of out of the way and allow maybe a <clears> little <throat> bit more free market influence to come in and provide and build these yeah. things. And the community, to be honest, there's a lot of people who ha- have big hearts and they would like to have uh, to be able to contribute to the well-being of some of these, these yeah. different folks. For me, the issue I have with that because I agree with all the hurdles I agree with that there's way too many issues and red tape that we have to go Mm -hmm. through which I know all it takes is money you can do whatever you want as long as you have the money but my issue with that is is I like the homelessness is a problem I don't care what category you're in is a problem and I don't feel that to resolve a problem that I don't feel the best way to resolve a problem is by handouts Mm -hmm. and 
giving them that is not going to change their their mindset it's going to be given to them now i was all on board with it when i thought these people were to buy them and it mm -hmm. was cheap mm -hmm. not to be hey we're going to find a good place that we're willing to set it up and these people are going to let you be here we're going to give it to you i mean i get that the governments might give them grants to build them and pay for it but i feel that in order to fix anything is there has to be ownership and that will give respect to what they own mm -hmm. and yes on properties i would be happy to have you know a few things out there to help me i got to get something back out of it too mm -hmm. and i want to help too but you cannot, in my opinion, it will be less effective, if not not effective at all, if you hand it out to them. Agreed. And, and that means, I mean, when you're mentally, and if, depending on their mental illness, that's the thing is, is I don't even think that even if you have, like I ran across when I was younger, because um, I don't, I try to stay away from downtown now. And, you know, you, you can almost not even tell. I mean, the guy, you know, a lot of the homeless people almost look like the color of the concrete every layer of their clothes or there's one color of their face they've been out and out there for years you know and they don't even notice you and um i just feel that if they were giving given if he was given a home he would still be that way i don't think that would be the right help for him i think somebody like that needs help and a home and care and and i think that we need jobs and i think if any of our tax money goes to anything not clean up how about our tax money goes to help those people because it may seem it may seem um that i'm being heartless but it's i want to hit it I, if i if it was me i would hit it head on and 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 i think it would be closer to being resolved but it has to, it would have to be work for both sides. So there's one one piece of that that I think needs to be added, and that is structure. So all of those pieces that you touched on, 100% agree. One thing that I think is missing is just the the importance of having structure in your life. The problem with a lot of different even age groups, you know, I I work with with different uh, different age groups through my job through coaching you know, teenager of my own, um, in order to be functional in society, you have to have some level of structure for just even your day. Your day. Absolutely. And I absolutely agree. And a lot of these homeless folks, they, they have zero structure. They've sort of fallen into this, although it is uncomfortable, they're still within this comfort zone where they are comfortable enough not to go outside of it and do something that's really difficult on top of where they're at in order to get themselves out of it. And I, I think along what you're talking about earlier with ca these categories, we can address the different issues with these different categories and probably find some pretty decent solutions. Did you hear of this place called Dignity Village in I, Portland? I have heard about that, yeah. So I have a little bit of history with Dignity Village, not because I was a resident, but because I was a neighbor. Uh, over, I used to coach for Concordia University and they have, they built this, this throw center. So all of my coaching sessions were out there. Concordia had their team out there and across the street was a, I think it's a, it's a prison. And, uh, and then right next to them is this homeless 
village. Mm-hmm. And they call it Dignity Village. The history behind it, there's, there's a picture of it. So there are all these, you know, tiny shacks that people live in. Uh, what's interesting is that it's a relatively clean environment there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Dignity Village uh, stemmed from these encampments in Portland. And this is back when Portland was enforcing the no camping ordinances. And so they kept getting, their community kept getting pushed out. And it eventually split into three different encampments. One of them went to one place in Portland, right. another to another place. And Dignity Village was one that sort of grew some legs. The city, I believe it's the city had this property and they basically allowed them to set up their camp because it's outside of, kind of outside of the city limits. It's near the Portland airport, but it's kind of out away from it. And they became a nonprofit organization. So they actually are a 4013C or something. And so they can accept donations. People can get tax deduction for donations to it. The community has all these different guidelines. So it's a working community. It's a very, it's exactly. They have structured, like you were saying. Structured, exactly. And not that this is a perfect model for for the rest of the world for, you know, dealing with homelessness. But there are aspects of their model that I think are worthy of looking into. Uh, Let me pull up some of the rules that they have, because in order, in order to become part of this, they have to find, they have to fill out this, this paperwork and be accepted into the community. There's a board that controls the community, but they have certain entrance rules. These are agreements that they, you know, these are rules they have to agree to. Uh, no violence to yourself or others. Pretty normal, right? No theft. No uh, no alcohol, no illegal drugs or drug paraphernalia on site or within a block of their site. Hmm. I'm not sure how they enforce all that. You go out there, get ripped, and run back into your little cat. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, uh, let's see. No consistent disruptive behavior. I see that in downtown Portland and other places all the time. People get harassed. In fact, at Gresham, I had some experiences when I was out coaching at Gresham High School. And we had homeless people going back and forth just outside the track area and just yelling at us and commenting on what we were doing. And, yeah, being kind of a pain. Hmm. So Disney Village also has a minimum of 10 hours a week of sweat equity, they call it. So they have a work requirement as part of this. The other is, and there's a few other things, but the other that I think is important, it says they have a maximum limit of two years of residence. Mm. So this is a temporary place to develop some of that structure, to do some work. They also sell stuff in like the local Saturday market and some other things. And so they're, they're developing some skills. There's a bit of a community. It kind of gives people gives some room to grow. Yeah. Room to some grow. Roots in, the, mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, because of though the structure that you said there, you know, looking at it, it looks little third, third world, you know, oh, yeah. ish with the, you know, little, little, uh, shacks that they built, but, um, it's clean. Yeah. And that to me is is a great plan because of the work that they have to put in they have to put get involved in their own little um what is it village, you know, which and that's that's the deal is is so many people even forgot how to live 
and and they need to they need to learn. But mm-hmm. all this money is going to enabling them, not because mm-hmm. this isn't enabling them at all. Mm-hmm. But because they have a place that they could call their own, they could. Ha- well. I love that they called it dignity because mm-hmm. they could have some dignity mm-hmm. and grow some confidence because like I said, no matter what reason, even if you, even if you're a person that just want that you want to go out there, you have options. You're not handicapped. You're mentally stable-ish. You know, there's all, there's something that's not, you know, right. And I don't want to be, I get the point of the idea and the thought of, you know, wanting to go up to the woods and live and not be bothered by anybody. I get that. But I also don't want to be in, in, in the venture of doing that. I feel need, I feel you need to make sure that you're not a sore to anybody else. And I feel that the big difference is, is that they're okay being a sore and a leech and to society because I think there's an option to kind of live their way if they wanted to work a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that that's the biggest problem is nobody wants to work anymore. Yeah, that's one of that's one of the many things. I mean, yeah. I don't want to work anymore either. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I want to be done. But Well, so I, I went over to the Throw Center. I, I want to say that it was like late summer. And we had... So back when we when we were at the Throw Center, so Concordia University is no more. Portland campus is no more. I don't know if I yeah. ever knew that. Sad, sad story. That. So they, they kind of shut down. I'm not sure what they're going to be doing next. But uh, we had a, a pretty good relationship with the folks over at Dignity Village. The Throw Center, it's, a, a, it's basically this open air area. There's a, a little, there's a good picture of it right there. Basically two walls. It, there's no security. And so we had a good relationship with the folks at Dignity Village where we kind of just asked them to kind of keep an eye on the on the place. And we used to kind of support them with, you know, food drives and some other things. But but the the area was pretty good, pretty well monitored. Yeah. Well, I, I, went, I went over there this summer and Concordia is kind of shut down. And we were going to do some little miniature, because we were in COVID, some miniature throwing competitions with a few different athletes. We went over there, and I couldn't believe how disgusting the human feces, uh, uh, spray paint tagging, the nets that were used to throw, um, you know, things into or use as protection from getting objects hit. Uh, Nets were, were cut down. The most of the metal that existed that could be salvaged is gone. The there's a street. It's 33rd Street that runs along. It splits the throw center from the airport area. There, I couldn't believe how many caravan, you know, trailers had been parked there with just just junk everywhere and homeless people fighting with each other. Really? These were all people that were not part of Dignity Village. It's just that. Portland decided to stop enforcing the rules. And I worked there for, I want to say it was eight years and never saw a broken down car out on 33rd. No one was camping out there. It was always well-maintained and going out there and seeing it, it was unbelievable. It made me just wonder about the, the city of Portland and how well they were just going to take care of any of that stuff. 
uh, that it's not even my stuff that just makes me sad i mean i i hate that when you first brought it up saying that you when you were talking about concordia and you had to share you know your neighbors with dignity village i i was expecting um stories of them being a pain Mm -hmm. you know and so i wasn't expecting that story it is sad that the story had to end in Mm -hmm. oops Yep. In crap. <laughs> Bleep that out. <laughs> Try not to cuss. It's it's just it's really sad. It was such a, a phenomenal dream of Mac Wilkins to have this facility and we trained Olympians at this place. Um and leave it right, to human think, beings to yeah. just go I our why current, can't we why do we have to be that way, man? Our our current Olympic record holder champion, Ryan Krauser, uh in the shot put trained. At the throw center, mm-hmm. we yeah we'd see him there, and you know, he was throwing discus and shot at different times uh, out of that place, and it was just a beautiful thing. And then looking at it now, it's just it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I think that it's a combination of just not enforcing the laws and allowing this thing to continue. I don't think that it's necessarily the responsibility of of uh, Portland to give them an alternative. I just think enforce the laws enforce don't let them right um camp out and do those things because i guarantee you these people want to be left alone and if they're not left alone they're going to go someplace else where they can be left alone hit that subscribe button and the bell notifications if you're watching this on youtube and if you're just listening to the podcast again please share with others that might be interested in listening until we see you next time take care and be safe